With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's right, Hawkeye Nation. The godfather of college football, certainly the Big Ten, none other than Kirk Ferentz. He's a bad man. Yeah. What an awesome performance and just a fun game to watch. Uh, and, you know, everybody's talking about, of course, the, the, the last 19 seconds. And we're definitely going to dive into that right off the bat because that was the the most memorable thing, I think, about the game, other than the fact that we were scoring at will. Kirk Ferentz, where does this guy come from? I think I think he's had it. I, th- I think he's just kind of over it, you know. Uh, felt disrespected and kind of uh, uh, wasting his time, calling a timeout with your starters with 19 seconds. Uh, him, in his typical Ferentz fashion, ha- still had three timeouts, but to his credit, didn't need them. He didn't need the timeouts. We had a, a 35 nothing advantage. And then calling all three timeouts consecutively within those 19 seconds. <laughs> that was baller. Baller, Kirk. Uh, he was rubbed wrong. I mean, I, I get why Minnesota didn't want to be shut out of the game, but also the game was over. You had 19 seconds left. Why, why are you calling a timeout? Uh, yeah, you wanted to get some points on the board so you weren't completely shut out, but we were using our third stringers on defense. Y- you were shut out, man. Just take a knee, you know, lick your wounds, give the pig back. Not give back, uh, just let us take the pig out of the stadium, and we'll leave the timeouts. <laughs> Here's what uh, Kirk had to say uh, when asked about it after the game. Hey, Kirk, do you want to talk about what the what was going on at the end of the game with uh, you know both sides kind of calling timeouts and uh, you know seems like just playing to the end of this game? Well, you know, I mean, we uh, they called a timeout, I guess, to look get a look at what we're doing to reconsider. So we just kind of wanted to make sure we got a good look what they were doing and uh, you know, no sense taking them on the bus with us. Right. I think you guys were reminding me of that a couple of times over the last 22 years. So figured we'd uh, take Floyd with us and leave the timeouts here. That was baller, man. And he even got a little stick at the, uh, the media, you know, for giving him crap over the years, which I mean, it's rightfully so you, you can't keep all your timeouts. You need to use them, but I like how he stuck it back at him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a saying that's going to go right up there with, with some of the old iconic uh, sayings from um, Hayden Fry. I mean, scratch where it itches. We'll leave the timeouts here. We'll take the pig. We'll take the pig, leave the timeouts here, whichever. That's great. I love it. There's going to be a lot of T-shirts uh, the rest of the season into next year with, with that saying. So you, you made an iconic one, Kirk. I love it. I love it. You are the godfather of the Big Ten. And I, I, I don't blame you for, uh, for doing it. It was fun. It was uh, 
uh, old school coach against uh, young new uh, energetic PJ Fleck. So that was that was fun to to witness. So you're gonna have some T-shirts next year. That's gonna be great. Holiday T-shirts. Gonna have to grab one of those. Uh, here's what PJ had to say after uh, after the game as well. Go to Andy Greeter. PJ, what happened in the last minute there with with your timeout and then Ference's three timeouts? I have no idea. And they called three timeouts. I don't know. I, I I have no idea what happened. Uh, yeah. With all due respect, PJ, you know exactly what happened, buddy. <laughs> you know exactly what happened. You know why he called the three timeouts. Come on, you're 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 a somewhat bright guy. Um, yeah, felt a little disrespected. Maybe you felt disrespected when Iowa went for two when it was twenty six nothing. But you can see why they did that. We went for two because we wanted to make sure that we had the proper amount of points. We had we would have been a four touchdown advantage. Um, duh. I mean, yeah, we went for we went for that. We wanted to make it twenty eight points. I mean, I love Iowa. We all love Iowa. But we all know that we're capable of giving up points, so we want to make sure that we had some cushion. And that's that. That wasn't that bad. We had missed a field goal, and we went for two to bring it back to what it should have been. Nothing wrong with that. Nobody should be rubbed. There were some Minnesota writers and whatnot that were kind of perturbed by that. But man, if if you if you're grumpy about that. Dust the sand out. That's uh, that's ridiculous. So, no, Kirk uh, playing a little old school uh, thuggery on uh, <laughs> on good old PJ and and taking to the house and, and bringing the pig home, for which I might add is the sixth year in a row. But one of the stats that I couldn't believe, that was just kind of insane, is that throughout the sixth time, you know, six times playing Minnesota for the pig. We've never trailed. That just boggles my mind. We've never trailed. I know most of the time we win the toss and then we take the ball and we go, you know, we'll score against Minnesota. But we have never trailed throughout the six years of winning the pig. That, that's incredible. That's almost impossible. I, I don't know how that, that has worked out, but cool. That's, that's a lot of domination within six years, never trailing a Minnesota team, which has been good. Last year, Minnesota was really good. This year, I don't know how good they actually are. They didn't seem to have a passing game. Tanner Morgan really didn't do anything too well. He he threw a lot of ducks out there, a lot of easy ones. He probably should have had more than the two interceptions that he threw. The guy was, uh, what, for passing 16 of 33 for 167 yards. Eh, eh. His QBR was trash, but crazily, it was better than uh, Spencer Petrus, which we'll get into. I, I know there's a lot of people bumming on, on Spencer, but really there's no need to, to be doing that just yet. Um, we won. He needs to get better. He will get better. But uh, Tanner Morgan with a, a QBR of 37.1. Spencer Petrus, 36.2. Now that's the, the ESPN um, QBR, but I think they used a new style. So neither quarterback was, was great at all. The passing game was was not there at all, um, but I think more impressively, Mohammed Ibram, who was my main concern, should have been everybody. He's, the guy was averaging 190 yards a game, 190 yards a game. I mean, he was your offense. He was the guy. 190 yards. He was limited to 33 for 144 uh, of a 4.4 average. So 
he was dominated. He got too many yards in the second half, which was unfortunate. I think the defense was kind of um, a little disappointed at that endeavor. They really wanted to hold him below 100. Eh, that kind of guy is going to be hard to hold below 100 anyways. He, he is a very, very talented running back. The guy is very strong. But the defense, man, they dialed it up. Talk about getting uh, penetration. The last two weeks, the penetration into the quarterback play has just been off the hook. I mean, if we would have, man, if we would have had a preseason against, you know, non-Big Ten foes, a traditional season, I think all of this would have been ironed out. I mean, that's why we have those teams that we play early in the, in the year is to work some of the stuff out. I mean, we're really rolling now. We're really feeling it. The defense has really come together, which I said that they always usually come together quicker than the offense, and that has you know happened this year too. The offense is slower, although the, the running game has really come along nicely. The receivers are there. The receivers are, are good enough and talented enough to be making plays. We just don't have the quarterback play yet. I, I haven't bailed on Spencer Petras, and I, I don't think you should either. He just has a lot of work to do. I, I don't know what's going on from him from high school. Obviously, each step that you take is going to be different. I mean, the game speeds up. High school to college, college to pro. Faster, faster, faster. I don't know that it's speed, though. I mean, he's gotten stronger, weight room, bigger. He throws a 90-mile-an-hour fastball when he doesn't need to. He's trying to learn some touch. I think that he has this delusion sometimes that he doesn't have time to throw. I think he does a good a good job of his checkdowns through, through the games that I've, I've seen. But I don't think he makes good choices with his delivery when he does it. Now, he did have a pick uh, on Friday that was just, I mean, I could see it happening. I, I knew from the moment he released it from his hand, it was going right to the defender. Now, I don't know if it was a, uh, a different play call that the receiver was supposed to make. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. It didn't look like it. It looked like the route stopped where it stopped, and he threw the ball. Maybe he thought he was going on a go route. I don't know, but it went directly to the Minnesota defender and could have been bad. I mean, as it was, we were able to get out of that. But that's a that's a mistake you you simply can't make. If you're if you're not going to be able to get the production through the through the air, Spencer cannot be turning the ball over. So I, you know you can't let him off the hook there. Yeah, you, you can take your time to progress, but you can't turn the ball over. We just can't have that. You can't do that. You can't do it in those kind of situations. That's just something Iowa typically doesn't have a good track record of coming back from. Now. Minnesota didn't capitalize. A lot of the teams that we played haven't capitalized on the mistakes that we've made offensively. Uh, Spencer was 9 for 18 for a 111 and 6.2 average. One touchdown, one interception. So, not a lot there. On the other side, Iowa rushing. I mean, Tyler Goodson, my, my Goodson. Um, guy was 20 for 142, 7.1 average, two touchdowns, 45 being his longest. That kid, that dude, uh, I can't even call him a kid. That dude is tough. And I, again, his vision, his sight, his patience. I mean, you have a lot of maturity in this guy. He, he knows when to wait. He knows when to see his hole. That offensive line, though, man, I don't care who was carrying the ball. That offensive line was opening up truck lanes last night. You know, I mentioned it on Twitter, um, talking to all of you. 
man, Mack Truck could have fit through some of the holes that he was given. And he, he took advantage. They were dominating Minnesota's defensive line, just opening up hole after hole. A lyric Jackson, uh, just uh, goodness, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Those guys were owning. I think I saw uh, a stat here. I guess uh, the highest uh, graded Big Ten pass blockers, none other than Tyler Linderbaum, uh, Kyler Schott, and Alaric Jackson. We have the three highest graded Big Ten pass blockers. Now, obviously we're not doing anything in the passing game, but those dudes are moving some men for our running game. What's sad is that we have the three best pass blockers and we're not able to get the ball off. I mean, we had, what was it for receiving? We had nine for 111 yards, 12.3 average, one touchdown, 28 being the longest. Um, but, I mean, it was a game where we didn't, I mean, the, the game plan should have been to run the ball. And a lot of you mentioned on Twitter and, and, and whatnot that, you know, hey, we need to stop throwing the ball. I, I agreed. We, we had no business throwing the ball because we had nothing going there. I don't think it was necessarily Minnesota doing anything special to tie us up. Spencer had time to throw the ball. They weren't getting a whole lot of p- uh, penetration. In fact, he wasn't sacked. So he had time. We have great pass blockers. It was sad to see that uh, uh, Sam Laporta, I mean, he only got, he got one reception for five yards. He wasn't taken advantage of. And he's a guy that I think is kind of should be Spencer's, you know, little go-to. But he's more of a checkdown player. I mean, he, he really is. He's the relief out that, that Spencer's been using. I had a friend uh, say that he didn't think that uh, Spencer was making those, those good checkdowns and, and, and really seeing the field. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think he does see the field. I think you can see it with his vision. Sometimes he leads with his eyes too much. But he's got time. I mean, he, he's got plenty of time back there to make those throws. You just have to make the throws. We have, I mean, Tyrone Tracy, uh, Amir Smith, Tyler Goodson as a receiver, uh, Nico Regani, Sam Laporta, Brandon Smith. You got dudes. You got you got ballers ready to ready to grab the ball. You just have to put the touch on it. You got to lead. You got to be confident and calm. I mean, I, I, I was thinking that he was making some, some progress in that department. It just doesn't seem like he's, he's totally comfortable yet. But all, those, all the people that are, that are calling for him to be benched and for Padilla to come in and take over, man, there, there's a reason that Padilla is a backup. I'm not saying he's bad. Maybe he'll get his chance. I mean, he got some playing time uh, in the Minnesota game, albeit he wasn't going to be doing any passing. Um. I got I to gotta trust, I mean, at least for now, as long as we're winning, I, I have to kind of trust what the Iowa coaching staff is doing. I mean, they're there, they're there with them every single practice. They know what they're doing. I mean, if, if, if Padilla is lighting it up, if Hogan's lighting it up, <laughs> that's what's silly, too. I, I hear a lot of people calling for Hogan already. I realize the kid's a stud. He's awesome. But he's a, he's a third stringer. He's a third stringer right now. Will he get his opportunity? I, I bet he does. But Petrus is the guy. You know, until we start losing ball games, specifically either because of him or, or we're not able to uh, accomplish our goals, you're not going to see anybody different. He's going to be the dude. I mean, how, how often has Kirk Ferentz made a, a big change, like a quarterback change, 
in the middle of a season. You don't see it. It's not going to happen. He stays with his guy. He gets him the reps, and that's why you saw occasionally Brian going back to the pass game, even when you know you and I, when I was calling, hey, why are you doing that? Don't even pass the ball. You have to. You, you have. You can't just completely abandon the pass, even even though yes, the running game was completely working, and you, you do it until they stop you. You got to develop a passing game at some point, and they're going to need it. I don't know if we're going to get to the Big Ten championship game, but if we do, we're going to be playing against an Ohio State team where you you will have to. You're going to have to pass. There's no question about it. You're not going to run all over them. they got a great defense. In fact, most Big Ten teams, you're not going to run up all you know down the field. We have some pretty special running backs. we got a great offensive line. But you're not going to be doing that all day, every day against Big Ten teams. Big Ten is about defensive play. You might be able to get away with that crap in, you know, the Big 12, the, the SEC, the garbage, you know, huge, you know, crazy touchdown passes and, and no defense. But here in the Big 10, we, we play defense. We play defense. We play two sides of the ball. And we're not going to have the kind of production every single game that we had against Minnesota. They're not a very good defense. I, I think for the first time Minnesota was – they were exposed. You know? So, you know, I, I don't even think that Minnesota's terrible. I, I don't, they're obviously not as good as Iowa. I think they're middle of the pack. But we had, we had a good team win. We had a good team win. Fortunately, we didn't have to pass, but we're going to have to develop that at some point. My major point to that is that, you know, I, I'm glad that they were still trying to get that going because that's going to have to that's going to have to come along at some point, especially if you want to be successful at the end of the season, which we need to be. I think this is a team that's capable of being a complete team. Just got to get that passing game going. So far, he hasn't gotten it, you know, going. Hopefully he can get some help. Hopefully uh, uh, the next game we can get on track. Uh, it's going to be against Penn State. So that'll be interesting. I, I saw a, kind of a crazy tweet from Franklin, which I don't even know why he's tweeting. I don't know why he's visible at all. If I'm that guy, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I have a contract that is going to keep me in place and not get me fired because they're not going to pay out his contract. So he's going to hide behind his contract this year. But the guy tweets out, uh, Iowa, 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 just, just a, you know two dozen times and tweets that out with exclamation marks at the end. All right, bro. I get yeah, we hear you. We hear you. We're ready for you. I don't think we're intimidated by you. You haven't really done it. You're 0 and 4. I don't know what the what the whole Iowa 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 thing is. You ready for us? I mean, I guess. I mean, you just got hammered. Got hammered by Wisconsin. It was like 49 something. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. That wasn't by Wisconsin. That was I don't know who you played. You just got hammered though. I think it was by Indiana, Illinois. You got hammered, is the point. Let's see who it is. Now I'm curious. Come on. Yeah, you just got hammered by, by Nebraska. You got hammered by Nebraska. Yeah, if, just looking at their... <laughs> good Lord. Okay, so they lost a close one to Indiana. And I'm not trying to get too too hard on, on Penn State. I mean, they've had a lot of circumstances... Um, that have kind of placed them where they're at, but they have a ton of talent on that team, and I, for the life of me, I can't understand why. I mean, they, they've lost some talent recently, 
But I think that's because of its, its attrition. I mean, you're looking at a, at a team that's going nowhere now, and you got a lot of good good athletes that just don't want to risk it, especially in the year of COVID. Why would you want to put yourself out there after you're 0-4? You lost to the likes of Indiana to start the season. Close game. Indiana's no slouch. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to find out that they're good. They're 4-0 for a reason. That They actually are pretty good. In a non-COVID year, I don't know. I still think they're pretty good. They got a good quarterback. But that first game that they played, it was 36-35. Then they played a, a dominant Ohio State. What are you going to do? It was 38-25. I think that was a pretty well-played game against number three Ohio State. Eh, you know, I can't blame you. But then you got trolloped by Maryland, 35-19. And you got thumped by Nebraska, which Nebraska is nothing special. But you got thumped 30-23. to So I don't know why you're, why you're calling for us. I, I, I tweeted out. I tweeted back to you, uh, to uh, F- Coach Franklin. <laughs> we'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> we'll come for you. We're not we're not scared. We'll go ahead and take you on. Uh, it is going to be in Happy Valley. Not going to be a whiteout. Not really concerned with that garbage. Just going to be another Big Ten game without fans. Limited fans. So home field advantage this year for the Big Ten is, is a joke. None of that really matters. But, you know, if, if he wants us, he can have us. I think we're going to do very, very well. Uh, they've got a lot of talented uh, defensive uh, players. But uh, I think our running game is pretty stout. But we'll, we'll dive more in as, as the week goes on about uh, Penn State. Not, not entirely worried about them. Um, they've got a lot to work on, and who knows what this week will bring. I kind of want to wait till the middle of the week to really make any kind of projections or kind of what we're going to be doing. I think we're on a roll right now, and who knows? Their whole team could come down with COVID, and we may not even play. So you don't know from week to week. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't want that to happen. I want to play some football. I want to dominate Penn State like uh, the good days of old, but um, we'll see. So we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, some of the, the really good things um, I had mentioned, you know, our offensive line is really kicking it into gear really playing well together, laying those uh, those big holes for Goodson. Uh, I, I mentioned Goodson and uh, what he's done. Just, you know, a fantastic player. But I think you know, Micah Sar- Sargent, you know, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to give him a little bit of love. I mean, that, that guy is a solid number two. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's getting the production he is because he's doing a lot with not having as many carries. Love to see that. That guy, that guy is a bulldozer. I don't think that he's, he's as quick, like I've said in the past, but, man, he hits the hole hard, he runs hard, and he, he can take a hit. That's, that's great. I mean, I, I like having the depth there. I mean, those two, those two guys are, are smaller running backs, but they run extremely hard, and when in space, they both do very, very well. So really, really, really happy to see that. Um, uh, the uh, defensive side of the ball. <laughs> we have a play, a defensive player of the week, Van Velkenberg. This dude, I, I told you last week, he the, the guy is an assassin. He's an assassin. I thought he was going to hurt somebody. Each week, he gets better and better. I mean, he got the uh, he got uh, the Big Ten defensive. Uh, uh, lineman of the week at Van Valkenburg. Um, 
It's his uh, second straight week as a Hawkeye earned uh, the first uh, career weekly award by the Big Ten. Charlie Jones uh, uh, versus no- Northwestern was the first. Uh, posted five tackles, four solos, including a career-high three sacks for a loss of 15 yards. He terrorized Morgan. I mean, th- this is after we lost a lot of guys to the NFL last year, but, I mean, the production hasn't fallen off a whole hell of a lot. Love seeing guys like this just come out of the woodwork, and he's working hard. He's working really hard. Um, his three sacks are the most by a Hawkeye since AJ, Epinesa. And Epinesa had, what, uh, four and a half sacks? I think that was that, that Nebraska game at the end of the year. Um, just incredible. He's a fun guy to watch. If you haven't been keying in on him, really, you need to watch Van Valkenburg. The guy is is fantastic. Just a hard hitter, terrorizes uh, the offensive line and, and, and really gets penetration into that that uh, that quarterback. Um, how many times, though, did it seem like in, in this game this past Friday that we were able to get penetration? We just weren't able to get to Tanner. I mean, he, he, he got we got to him three times, finally. But it just seemed like he, he was able to slip away. I think in the uh, the first half, there were a lot of open tackles that were missed, uncharacteristic of Iowa, but just a lot of open tackles. The guys weren't wrapping up. They were grabbing on legs and arms and releasing. Just didn't get the job done. seemed like in the second half, they really focused in on that, going to the waist, wrapping up, taking to the ground, and were a heck of a lot more successful. Now, Ibram was able to get more yards in the second half, which was disappointing, and I, don't, I think the, the defense was kind of put off by that. They really wanted to lower, you know, limit him rather to under 100 yards. He ended up getting 144. That's a guy that you're just not going to be able to stop. I mean, he is a good running back. The dude's good. But the defense was able to stop him. They were able to really limit it. The guy was averaging 190 a freaking game. So, again, that defensive play, limiting him, to 144 uh, on the day, eh, you did your job. You did your job. And, you know, he didn't get his touchdown. He didn't get his average. Uh, but he, he's, he's a good player, so you, you know that he's, he's going to get some production. We were fortunate that Kerner didn't get uh, ejected for the uh, targeting. I knew right away that wasn't targeting. He he didn't lead with the crown of his, his helmet. Um it was, it was all a side blow on his, his shoulder pad. He's a smart guy. Not to say that, you know, he couldn't have committed that. But I think for the most part, he, he knows what he can and can't do. He's disciplined enough. Um, on the other side of it, uh, the, the uh, Minnesota player, can't recall his name right now, but the Minnesota player that got ejected, it was the right call. I don't think it was malicious, but he had poor technique. He led with the crown of his helmet. You could definitely tell that. It's unfortunate because, you know, he has to miss – well, I think maybe the first half of the next game. I can't remember when that when that came in uh, for the game, but he's going to miss a significant you know amount of time playing. They need, they really need to work something out, something different out, um, you know, from maybe an intent um, decision or something like that. Just because it's getting a little ridiculous a- as a defensive player. I don't know how you make those quick decisions all the time. I'm surprised that actually more guys aren't thrown out because you're talking about bang bang plays where your, your helmet happens to hit another player's helmet. I don't know. That's difficult. And it always the, the benefit typically always goes to the offensive player. 
makes it really hard to stop somebody if you're worried about potentially hitting helmet to helmet because at the last second that offensive player lowers his head and attacks you and you're trying to go low to get his waist but yet he lowers himself and you end up hitting his helmet i don't know how you stop that and i know there's a lot of cases where that happens i don't know i I never played defense i was i was an offensive guy um, back when i played so i don't even know how you would teach a guy to combat that especially running backs receivers a little bit different usually they they bounce up and they they pull their head up so they can see where the field is so they can try to get out in open space but running backs i think that's the biggest problem how do you tackle a running back who goes out for a swing pass or something like that and then lowers his head and shoulder to deliver a blow to you when you're trying to tackle him i don't know i don't know that, that just seems difficult to me obviously you know i has been pretty successful at avoiding the targeting rule They've done a pretty good job of that. I I can't remember the last Iowa guy who was ejected for targeting. Um, that'd be something to look up, but I I just I can't re- I can't recall who that would be. So good good job Iowa for not getting uh, getting thrown out of the game. Kerner definitely didn't need that, and we didn't need that. Kind of uh, a little thin in that position, uh, in the linebacker position for that. So fortunate enough not to lose him. So yeah, th- this is the second week with with this kind of high scoring. The the, the score I I predicted probably like a thirty one. What I, what I didn't predict well was I thought that Minnesota would probably be around 27 points. 27, 31, something like that. They just weren't able to put up any offense. They got nothing going. Nothing. But our special teams, my goodness. Uh, Tory Taylor, his long of this past Saturday was 55. Uh, his average is 44.3, at least for that game. And I mean, it's... He has got such great, it's not just the distance that he's putting on these balls, but it's the hang time, it's the positioning of where he's putting it. He's doing a lot of the coffin corner stuff, just just laying it deep within, I think he, he was, he's number one or number two in the entire college football scene for putting it within the five-yard line. That's incredible. That's exactly what we need. When you're able to flip a field like that, that gives your team so much of an advantage. So it, it, it really isn't enough to just say how good he is and how much that helps this team. Uh, Keith Duncan um, had a rare miss uh, for, a, for a field goal uh, in this game, but by and large, I mean, he's, he's pretty much automatic. Um, it's cold. You know, it gets really difficult to hit. I think it was a 50-yarder that he was trying to go for. I'm not sure he would have made it anyways under those conditions. I think it was just above freezing um, in Minnesota. So... Uh, I don't. I don't get too concerned about that. The guy is automatic for the most part. Uh, it was a cold night. And it was a really long punt, or a really long uh, kick, rather. So wouldn't uh, read too much into that. But yeah, he, he's automatic too. He, he's he's a great asset that we have, a, a dependable guy uh, that we we can count on. So he was uh, three for three for four on his extra points uh, for the game. Just uh, w- we actually didn't even have any punt returns. P.J. Fleck uh, found himself uh, with another 15-yard penalty. Uh, he's two for two this year. Uh, probably didn't hurt him as much as last year, but it stopped a drive. So, yeah, here's him uh, kind of explaining uh, what that was all about. Let's go back to Chip Stoggins. P.J., I want to go back. 
I didn't know if I understood you. You don't. They didn't give you an expla uh, explanation why you got a unsportsmanlike penalty. Well, because I was on the field and they told me to get off the field. But my team, I'm standing by my team. Everybody's on the field. I was on the field. I'm on the field. Like we're on the field. And uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. PJ, <laughs> you're not supposed to be on the field, buddy. I mean, get off the field. I mean, you know that. Come on now. Lead by example. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of always the guy to, to run on the field and be the first one there and make sure everybody sees you. Dude, come on. I mean, yeah, you, you cost your team. I, no, that didn't cost. Last year, that may, may have cost you potentially the game. I think that was a huge deciding factor. That really hurt you bad. I was, I was happy you did it. I mean, thank you. Sincerely, thank you. This year, yeah, I mean, it didn't really hurt your team. It, it probably stifled that drive because that drive was going in just like the previous year uh, when you ran on the field and got the personal, unsportsmanlike. So, I mean, whatever. Might be an under-over thing each year. Will P.J. get a 15-yard penalty against Iowa? Yeah, probably. Don't know when it'll be, but he'll probably get it. <laughs> you know, this, this, this game's going to be a little bit more tense uh, next year. Absolutely. I can't wait. I mean, that's a game, like, I think most Hawkeye fans don't really, not to say we don't, we worry about every Big Ten football game. Don't, don't get me wrong. We, and we, we still worry about Minnesota. We have to beat them. I mean, heck, I, I was worried about them this week. Uh, they've got a good football team, I thought. Um, you know, I was worried about it being really close and controlling the, uh, the time of possession. Eh, eh, didn't have to worry about it at all. It's going to be tense next year. Of course, it's going to be in Iowa City, so that'll be nice. Hopefully, there'll be fans, and we can really get on PJ. Man, that's what I love about college football, especially these rivalries. Floyd Rosedale is the best trophy in college football, bar none. At least rivalry trophy, we'll put it that way. Want to win the national championship. But the pig, the pig is good. The pig is great. And I encourage you, if, if you haven't um, uh, read the history on the pig, Please, please go out and, and do that. It, it's, it's a fun read. It's a short read. You can go on Wikipedia and read their version of it. It's, uh, it, it's a, good, uh, a good story. And, and, you know, those of you with kids out there, it's good to inform them and show them what eventual sportsmanship resulted in because that's what it really was all about. It was a racial divide in a game where, um, you know, our, our, I think it was our fullback or one of our backs, Simmons, was just completely assaulted on the football field. And, you know, that following year, it, it, it was basically said under no cer certain circumstances that uh, the fans weren't going to take it if the officials were going to allow him to basically be assaulted, play in, play out. So the governors, re you know, decreased the tension, and uh, that play went on to... Uh, uh, result in Floyd of Rosedale, the pig from Fort Dodge, Iowa. But it, it's a cool story. Some of you may know it, obviously. But if you don't know the full story and all the ins and outs, I, I was thinking about maybe uh, doing a little uh, um, history lesson on it and, and talking about it. But I'll let you go do that. Maybe I'll throw it up on the podcast as well. But it's it's definitely worth the read, and it's, it's fun to learn a little Iowa-Minnesota uh, history and a little history of the pig. So I encourage you to do that. What else? Um, 
looking towards uh yeah so we have penn state uh, coming up and then nebraska illinois and wisconsin that's it folks we've got four games left of the big 10 season we're, we're halfway we're, we're halfway over we're at mid-season right now penn state's gonna be a 230 kickoff on btn uh it's gonna be a saturday kick which will be nice to get back to normal which you know honestly i i like being on that friday uh, other than it getting in the way of high school football, which really, eh, it was a later game, so a lot of the high school teams had already played. Uh, my uh, high school team, uh, Southeast Polk, is going to the uh, finals uh, against Ankeny, so go Rams. Give you a little shout-out. Uh, should be a fun game. That's going to be uh, next week. Uh, I have no idea what time that is, but I'm sure you can look it up. Uh, I guess some Hawkeye, future Hawkeye players um maybe on both sides um Ankeny and Iowa so definitely want to tune in and watch that but uh you, that won't get in the way of next week's game because their game will be on Friday I will be playing on Saturday back to normal that is all I've got uh for for this evening uh we'll be uh recording another podcast kind of getting ready for the Penn State game and kind of diving into some more things um Steve Dace will be joining me at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this week. He is on vacation, much earned for him. He, uh, uh, his day job keeps him quite busy, and uh, with the election now over, he's, he's enjoying a little time in the sun, so I, I, I don't blame him there. I would be too, uh, but I'll be looking forward to getting his uh, thoughts and analysis on uh, Iowa and Big Ten in general and kind of picking his brain on what he thinks is kind of going on with Big Ten play in, in Iowa more specifically, so... Enjoy yourselves. Be happy. We got the pig. We got the bacon. Enjoy the win, my friends, and we'll be back with you next week. Hit me up at Twitter. Uh, it's Joe Hugan. Love talking to you guys. Um, we'll always reply and get some of the uh, questions over to Steve as well. And you can hit him at uh, Bigger Ten as well. But uh, for Hawkeye Nation, I'm Joe Hugan, and go Hawks.